This is your host, Michelle, and you're listening to Old TV with a New Twist. Let's see what classic television show we're watching and talking about this week. Episode 48 of Old TV with a New Twist. Today in the studio with me, my co-host is back for his ninth time, my son Caleb Goner. Caleb, welcome. Glad to be here. Mm -hmm. Always. I'm always so anxious when you get in here because there's been a thing ever since you started this where you got a string of really bad ones and then you got kind of a good one and then another bad one and a good, you know, kind of been mixed in. And so I got to ask... I think that old TV is pretty lame. <laughs> it's just, it's just so corny. All of them. This was corny. The only one that, that even was the, the fun, the one I thought was extremely funny was mash. But other than that, like you like cheers, cheers, with, no cheers was good too. Cheers and cheers was, was actually cheers was the same time as this created by the same people. It lived in the same universe. Oh, they I'll like to it, say that. I put it in. I didn't because Cheer started in the early eighties, or was it early eighties? I, I put this more in the seventies. From the well, start. this started in seventy eight and ended in like eighty three. Okay, so know. okay, they overlapped by a year. I think Cheer started in eighty two. <laughs> Were any of these people famous before the show? came on no we're gonna talk about that because we're, that, that was kind of not what i wanted to we're gonna do a section i wasn't sure okay on the the stars okay well let's just go right into it we're mm -hmm. gonna talk about the show taxi mm -hmm. which was requested by our listener michael and taxi ran for five seasons from 1978 to 1983 114 episodes now it ran for five seasons and it's interesting that three of those five years it won the primetime emmy award for outstanding comedy series which is amazing okay uh the show itself won 18 emmys during its five-year run which is pretty good the premise is just the staff of a new york taxicab company go about their job while they all dream of greater things now we're going to talk about the characters and all the actors who played them they all are the employees of the sunshine cab company in manhattan and i call this a workplace ensemble cast right yeah but i wasn't i wasn't necessarily clear as to who did what well they're pretty much all taxi drivers except for louis who's like up in the cage he's right. the dispatcher right and andy kaufman's character latka is like a mechanic, mechanic. he works okay. on the car. i got that everybody else's cab drivers 
even Jim Ignatowski, who are they, how they put that man behind a wheel, because <laughs> he's always drunk and or loaded on drugs. Right. The, that's or, his character, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think of it like Mary Tyler Moore with the, with the um, WJM newsroom, maybe Cheers. It's all the people in the bar. Barney Miller that Gino and I did was all the detectives at the bureau. It's one of those workplace ensembles, which yeah, no, absolutely. tended to work pretty good back in this era. So we're going to go on, of course, the first. Now, he didn't get top billing at the time, but I'm giving him top billing because I think he was probably the biggest star to come out of this, which was Danny DeVito. He played Louis De Palma. I think Danny DeVito for the first episode, because uh, I, I can't speak on the whole show, but the first episode, like, I didn't quite get who the main character was, or if there was a main character, like you said, it's kind of an ensemble. Right. But they didn't really. Well, this wasn't the pilot episode. This was not. No. Okay. We're joining them in season four here. Oh, see, I didn't know that because I've <laughs> yeah. always done the pilot. So, right. Okay. Well, that's a little different. But even then, like, I, if I had to pick a main character, it would be Alex. He got top billing. He was the, the star of the show, but he wasn't the biggest star. Well, hold on. They were not all big stars at the time. But were any of them known? Or... They were kind of known, but not a lot. It was it was kind of the start for all of them, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, they had a, a handful of them. Well, Andy Kaufman was a famous comedian. Saturday Night Live yeah. was pretty much what he was known for. And that um, was before this. That was before this, yeah. But wasn't he only on Saturday Night Live relatively briefly, if I remember Yeah, no, right? I think because they kicked him off. Because he was a... Nut. Right. I'm, I'm going to give some little trivia as we go through these uh, actors and characters. So as I said, Danny DeVito played Louis De Palma. He often plays these little ruthless and sinister mm -hmm. characters, which in this show, because we dad and I screened probably 10 episodes. And in all of them, he's horrible to everybody. In this one, he's not too bad. He's kind of He's kind of nice in this one. He's trying to save Alex, kind of. Caring in a manic way. In, in, a, <laughs> in a very manic way. Um, but, of course, he would go on to, um, well, wait, it, it said just what I read about him. He played this character flawlessly, which I agree. And uh, it's one of the most memorable and reviled characters in television history. Louis De Palma was, he was, he was awful. Don't right. take it just from this episode. He was awful. And uh, while he was universally hated by TV viewers, he was well praised by the critics and won an Emmy Award and nominated three other times. His most memorable roles after this, uh, romance, he, him and, and, um, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner did Romancing the Stone. Mm -hmm. They I'll did Jewel of the Nile. The sequel. I remember those. Then they did uh, The War of the Roses. He was in that. He also was in Matilda. He played the horrible father in Matilda. And then I loved him in Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick. He was hilarious, but he plays a little shyster. <laughs> He's in Batman, right? He was Penguin. Yes, in he was the Penguin. Yeah. So he went on to quite a career in movies. I mean, he did Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which was a huge comedy hit, mm -hmm. a newer comedy hit. But yeah, he's. That's yeah. like kind of his big thing. Yeah. Honestly. Throw mama from the train. <laughs> he did. He did quite a few. Yeah. He did a he, lot of stuff. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff. Um, he was married to actress Rhea Perlman, who played Carla on Cheers. Cheers. Mm -hmm. They were married from 1982. They are presently separated. Oh, really? I'm not sure if they're divorced yet. They might be divorced by now, but yeah, they um, separated. So mm -hmm. that's kind of sad. And then, as we said, uh, Alex Riger is the next character. And that he's played by Judd Hirsch, who was top billed. He won for he won two Emmys 
for his role as Alex in this show. Uh, pretty much only known for this unless you caught him in Superior Donuts in 2018. I feel like he's been in other things like as like a no, he hasn't been like a grandpa. And like, I, mean, I feel like he's been in comedies like I've seen him before and other things. Yeah, but it's like nothing like that bit roles. really propelled him. Bit roles. Yeah, nothing big. Right. Yeah. Like some of these actors, as we name them, it's like immediately like, OK, let's go right to Christopher Lloyd. Boom. Back to the future. Yeah, I mean, he's back to the future. They are highly recognizable for something. And you just don't have that with this guy. Ah, oh, that's true. It was aggravating me. Independence Day. He was the dead in Independence Day. But that's not a huge role. He was a dead in Independence Day. Absolutely. That's Did he fly a plane? No. Oh well. Okay. What does that matter? <laughs> did he Why save did he... the United States? He no. Helped. He was, did he, he make did. that awesome speech at the end? No. Oh God, Independence Day the second was terrible. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he was in that. that so Alex, but me the career a lot of the other ones have the next character is bobby wheeler he was played by jeff conaway now did you recognize him wait which one jeff conaway he played bobby wheeler he didn't have a great uh, a lot of role in this it just part of the ensemble it was about him what, but what was he like a soap opera guy or something he was kanicki in greece ah that's it that's yeah. it yeah that's it he was Kanicki in Grease the movie, but he played the role of Danny Zuko in Grease on Broadway. Okay. That was it. He looks so uh we'll talk a little bit about Jeff Conaway. He was married for five years to Rona Newton John, who was Olivia Newton John's sister. Yeah. Ended in divorce. <clears throat> Grease was the film on which actor Jeff Conaway became addicted to drugs. While playing Kanicki, he was shooting the Grease Lightning number. He was accidentally dropped hurting his back he started taking painkillers eventually then abusing prescription drugs then non-prescription drugs and that led to a downward spiral into severe drug addiction he attempted suicide 21 times mostly with pills and kind of he was screwed up after that and then finally he died he was found unconscious in his los angeles home in 2011 at the age of 60. So during this show, he was, he started to get bad into drugs and it'll affect his time on the show. He was discovered passed out on one of his filming days by one of the producers. It was common knowledge in Hollywood at this point that Conaway was addicted to drugs. The producers wrote him out of that episode and divided up his lines among the other cast members. When they saw that they didn't lose any laughs by not using him, they realized they didn't need him and they fired him. Oh, man. Okay. Next character is Tony Banta, played by Tony Danza. And, of course, he would go on to have his own series, Who's the Boss, which ran from 84 to 92. So right after this. That started the year after this ended. And here's a little something cool about Tony. Tony Danza played five Tonys in his five best-known television shows. He played Tony Banta. On Taxi, 78 to 83. Tony Maselli on Who's the Boss, 84 to 92. Tony Canetti on Hudson Street, which ran from 95 to 96. Tony DeMio on The Tony Danza Show, 1997. And then Tony Danza as Tony Danza in The Tony Danza Show, which was a talk show from 2004 to 2006. 
So I guess he just looks like a Tony. Tony. He's a Tony. Now, uh, the next character, the only female who works in the garage, female taxi driver, is Elaine Nardo, played by Mary Lou Henner. Caleb, was she really good looking? <laughs> to answer that question, I don't know. I guess for the time, like, I'm not a big yeah. redhead guy, but yeah, she was pretty. And he, when Danny DeVito said, Nardo's got knobs, <laughs> uh, that's that was the funniest line of the show. You think? So that. Okay. Yeah, because it, it caught me off guard. Uh, by today's standards, an extremely sexist comment that they just that wouldn't fly in today's humor. Like it wouldn't be no, able to be made. Not at all. Well, when we were watching this, I ex dad, he's like, oh, yeah, back in the 70s, everybody considered her hot. I, I could yeah. see that. I could see her being 70s hot. She went on to star in Evening Shade along with Burt Reynolds from 1990 to 1994. And then we come to Jim Ignatowski, the driver, played by Christopher Lloyd, who is best known. Can't look at him without thinking of Doc Brown. Doc, he's way younger, though, in this. Doc Brown on age. <laughs> Doc Brown in the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. And this went off the air in 83. And I think they started filming the first one in 84, 85. So it came right after this. Which is which is weird because just his hair was different, essentially, in the Back to the Future series. And it did make him look so much older. And he was also married five times in real life, what I found interesting when researching his IMDb page. That's four too many. (laughs) That's a lot of marriages. It is. This one, I promise this one's going to work. Like that that fifth wedding, like what? Yeah. It's like, like, oh, yeah, you got it this time, huh? Oh, yeah. But you would think you'd say that the fourth time. I think you'd say it the second or third. Uh, Exactly. then Then it's just funny at that point. Yeah. And then the last main character is Latka Gravis, who's the mechanic who works on the taxis. And he's played by Andy Kaufman. Kaufman. Now, they say his style of entertainment is known as performance art. Right. I call it shtick because in everything he was ever in, everything, you don't know where the character ended and he began. It was like he was always a character. Mm -hmm. You just never knew. And I never, I just never really thought he was that funny. Like that shtick, I don't get. I thought it was, I thought it was more annoying than funny. Like I'd just wait for it to be over. Yeah. Is he, is he trying to portray a a alien or what's he doing? It's just weird. Now, um, he, he once joked and, and you never knew with him because he, he was off the wall, but he once joked about faking his own death and returning 20 years later. Well, unfortunately, he got a real, real rare kind of lung cancer, and he died at the age of 35 in 1984, the year this show went off the air, the year after. I'm sorry. Oh, this, wow. Yeah. He was only 35. I didn't realize he was that young. No. But that was 1984. And because he had always said he's so going to fake his death. So 2004, several of his friends threw a welcome home Andy party and waited, but he didn't show up. Dang, that would have been crazy. Because, I mean, in their mind, there was always the possibility he could show up. Right. Uh, this show was written and created by James L. Brooks, who had an impressive career. He won 21 Emmys as a creator, writer, and producer, which is, is pretty good. Mary Tyler Moore, Taxi, The Simpsons, uh, Lou Grant, a bunch of shows uh, that he did. Anyway, we are going to pause for an announcement, and we'll be right back to talk about this episode. <music> Before we talk about any specific episode, I'd just like to announce that if you are not a member of our Facebook group, please go join. It's called Old TV with a New Twist 
podcast group. And what I do is about a week or two before the podcast drops, I will go in and tell you what show we're going to be podcasting about next, but specifically what episode we're going to be talking about. And I'll tell you exactly where to find it on what platform. I'll even post a link, whether it's Amazon or Hulu or any of the free streaming apps like Dailymotion, Pluto TV, Tubi TV or Crackle TV, I'll let you know exactly where to find it. That way you can go in, watch the episode, and when you listen to the podcast, you can follow along with us scene by scene because you will have seen the episode. And you can find out, did you laugh in the same places we laughed in? Did you not like what we like? Or did you like what we liked? And it'll be kind of fun to follow along. Just wanted to put that announcement out there to let you know that in that Facebook group, you'll have all the information before the podcast drops. And we're back, and I hope that you all already follow our Facebook group. We are going to dive right in to Taxi Season 4, Episode 1, titled Jim the Psychic. This aired October 8th, 1981, two years before you were even born, Caleb. Yep. So this is basically close to the end of the run. It's the second to last season that the show was on the air. But we start at the Sunshine Cab Company, where everyone is sitting around the garage, I guess, waiting to be sent out on cab runs. And they're talking about hockey, and Tony Banta loves sports because he's a boxer. Yeah, and he's a yeah, he's the athletic macho man type. But I don't know. Andy Kaufman comes in and he talks about hockey in his country is played naked and on gravel instead yeah, of ice and, yeah, and it, the whole thing was him and tony get in a fight and then they draw cards and the one who loses can't speak for seven days and it's it's latka it's andy kaufman right. okay it was silly yeah and i don't get that kind of comedy but i do have a good sense of humor because here comes comedy and it's in the form of jim ignatowski played by christopher lloyd yes He's all strung out, he's, you know, which was which was funny. Every time he walks in a scene, he's just funny. No, yeah, he has a good presence, like a funny presence. Like you're kind of waiting for what he's going to say next because it's going to be something yeah, off the wall and interesting and not in the annoying way that like you're kind of curious what Andy Kaufman's character is going to say, but it's just not it's it never really delivers like a laugh, really. Not uh, at it, all. It, not, the only thing I, I guess that I remember specifically that I laughed at was with him is when he had the signs that were pre-made like that actually was kind of funny. So uh, that, I just but overall I found his character more annoying than funny. Right. But anyway, Jim comes in and he pulls Alex aside because he has some terrible news. This is some pretty bad news, too, because mm. he says, uh, you're going to die. And Alex says, Jim, we're all going to die. He goes, not on Thursday night. We're not. <laughs> It seems Jim has had a dream and he seems to fashion himself a psychic and he's pretty much these dreams are going to come true. It's so all, you need an a, elaborate story. You need to listen to this dream. Mm -hmm. So he reveals in his haze, uh, they're all like, well, you're a psychic. And he says, well, I didn't want to really tell you like, cause you might think I'm offbeat. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jim, you're very offbeat without revealing that, but you know what he's going to unfold this story to Alex of what is going to happen on Thursday. And when he's laying out this story, all I'm thinking about is gremlins. <laughs> when he hands him the little gizmo and says, but just remember these things. <laughs> don't bring them into the sunlight. Don't give them water and don't feed them after midnight. The delivery of that 
in gremlins is just like jim's delivery of this do you think not that i kind of uh maybe a little bit yeah that was a terrible idea to give a kid the gremlin though <laughs> and let's just be honest like that was just a disaster waiting to happen yeah it was it was a bad idea but anyway, terrible okay. idea All yeah, right. the dad just gives him this untested yeah live thing it'll be fine yeah let him go upstairs with the kid yeah if he eats him he eats him <laughs> okay back to taxi so this is what he tells him is going to happen do you want to lay it out or do you want me to lay it out oh, man, I, I can see how much i remember so in the make matters worse you're going to have a blonde fall into your lap that okay no let date. me tell it <laughs> Let me tell it. But you got to tell says. it in order. This is the order he said it. But that was the order. Cause no. Are you no, going to no, go no. out to dinner? Nope. It will happen Thursday at 7 p.m. in your apartment. You will be with someone, but I can't tell who. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, I was going at it in timeline, like actual timeline instead I'm, of how he said it. I'm doing it like he well, said why, it. Well, why don't you just tell me what you want me to do? <laughs> We're going to do it like he said it. Okay. Go okay. ahead. You will drink a glass of water very quickly someone will mistake you for a girl you'll do a can-can dance in a green shirt and a catcher's mask and then here's where it gets crazy <laughs> you'll have a knock at the door you'll go to the door open it and that's the end of the dream so we don't know exactly how he will meet his demise now also between now and the end you're going to be at Mario's, which is a restaurant they all go to, and a beautiful, sexy blonde is going to fall into your arms and you'll be dating each other until the end. Now, you got to remember all those things, people, and don't feed them after midnight. That's the most important one. Well, if you wanted it like that, why did you even ask me to do it? Because <laughs> I didn't know if you had it written like that. You think I'm taking that many notes? <laughs> I, ain't got, I ain't got, I mean, my notes are, are, are good enough, but man, that'd be like, word for word detail right there didn't do that that's what i'm here for right okay so but the problem is thursday is only three days away now caleb i mean i, I don't think that's a problem i'd rather get it done <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want to be waiting a couple weeks yeah but there's a lot you got to get in order before you check out i mean at the end of the day it's just some goofball strung out crackhead who's telling you he had a dream okay well let's see what happens all right so the whole group is like, you know, psychics aren't always right. You know, we don't, it's nothing to be alarmed about. Let's, let's all. Actually, the whole group wasn't really like that though. Well, Everybody were... was kind of on Doc Brown's side. Like, Hey, he's the real deal in a way. Right. And got, I... the guy was the only one that was. Alex was like, this is ridiculous. I don't believe yeah. in this. So they kind of all said, well, let's all go to Mario's. Cause if you're going to die in three days, may as well go with pizza and beer in your belly so let's go to mario's the restaurant right okay but danny devito who he's brilliant in this part don't you think i love him in this role yeah i mean but it's a danny devito role knowing you know all the roles that he plays now is that yeah aggravated type of <laughs> just ball of energy and high strung like that like it's just exactly. that's a danny devito role mm -hmm. um he begs alex to listen to him he said, because I got religion and he can, um, spot what other people have spot other people's gifts. Like Alex has smarts and Bobby has hair. Tony has muscles. What does Elaine have? What did he say? You just said it. Oh yeah, she she has a uh, 
knobs <laughs> knobs yeah no i couldn't remember what it, the word he used but yeah, i, I guess down. that means she has a nice chest <laughs> I, the fact that he described it as knobs that's what like that was my my asterisk for funny moment okay because he's crude he's just crude yeah. and he would probably say that in front of elaine if she was there that's the thing about louis was there she was there when he said it yeah they were all at the table oh okay oh, okay oh well, you didn't write them down <laughs> okay so he's trying to convince him alex don't be home alone tonight because look i believe jim jim scares me <laughs> louis says jim scares him and alex says i'm not gonna entertain this is superstition and it's silly i'm going to meet everybody at mario's to have a little pizza before i die okay so he goes speaking of having pizza before i die you know it was one of the funniest things i saw in the beginning of the pandemic you know in the very beginning of the pandemic when they were everything was going to be locked down and if you get it you're going to die and remember how bad it was in the very very beginning they had a friend of mine whose son he's like college age and he he uh she shared on facebook his text message and he said hey mom can you call miss so-and-so the lady who does their hair i don't know um can i get a haircut before we all die isn't that funny <laughs> what Where did, what that's about as funny as a freaking 50s or 70s comedy show always <laughs> like can i get a haircut before we all die what <laughs> the worst joke ever it's not a joke it's just i thought it was i thought it was funny that he wrote that <laughs> oh, i think it's funny that you think it's funny <laughs> i thought that was funny okay <laughs> all right okay now latka comes in now they're all at mario's which is like their local watering holes their local cheers it's where they all go right so Latka comes in, Caleb, to Mario's. Do you remember this? Yeah, this was one of the actual like semi funny parts. Well, tell us about it then. Oh, I don't want to mess it up. You probably have it written down. <laughs> I do not have it written down, not word for word. I know he has the signs that tell everybody hello. And then I I think one of the signs is like you look very nice to um Knobs. Knobs. <laughs> Nor Nardo. We're just gonna Nardo. yeah, Elaine Nardo is her name. Yeah. Okay. Um We'll just call her knobs. So he says hi to everybody, and then he says hi to Tony, and then it's a picture of like a horse's ass. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was, was funny. Which was funny. So, yeah. Okay, so Jim comes in. Jim Ignatowski comes in, and he says, "Ever since he quit taking drugs, he has saved all of his money, and he wants to spend it to buy Alex dinner." I have a dollar thirty-five. He says. <laughs> no, he no. <laughs> He no. See, now you messing up. What? Now you messing up. He put up. the money on the table. You no, know, he said, "I want to buy a steak dinner with all the fixings and everything." And he put it on, and he put money on the table, and then Alex says, "That's a dollar And Jim says, "Which was fun. That was a funny little moment." And Jim says, "I quit drugs for a dollar thirty-five." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of drugs was he buying? I don't know. Everything seemed cheap because then they said, well, "Why don't you go get us a pitcher of beer?" Knowing that he only had a dollar thirty-five, I'm like, "Dang." Pitcher of beer for a dollar thirty-five sounds like a good deal. So, um, Elaine, Tony, and Bobby—they're all sitting at the table, and they're all telling stories of times in the past that Jim's predictions have come true. They're telling different stories, like he predicted what Elaine's son was going to make on a test, and Jim's like, "All right, knock it off." At any point, did you feel Jim was really kind of worried? I mean, not Jim. Excuse me. That Alex was kind of worried that 
maybe what Jim said might be true. I keep, I, I felt like the whole time the show was going that a little part of me felt like he was trying to downplay it so he wouldn't be nervous, but not yeah. to skip to the end. But yeah, like I felt like he, he there was a be. part of him that was like, all right, like that's enough because he didn't want to get himself worked up. But now, inside he might have been a little bit, especially once the things started to snowball. Let's go a step further. If it was you. I don't really believe in all that. Okay. So now, like, yeah, but neither does Alex. But okay, we're gonna. I, I get... guess. I guess. Okay, if it was like that, and it's this crazy story, and everything started to really kind of fall into place, yeah, yeah I think just as human nature, you'd you'd absolutely feel a little hint of like, oh, geez, I'm like, yeah, like a little nervousness. But I, right. Yeah. But okay. Because that was a very detailed story for it, you know, to play out. And sure. When everything started playing out exactly like that, yeah, I think just you'd absolutely start feeling a little nervous yeah because just then two men at the bar get into a fight mm -hmm. and when a punch is thrown they bump into a beautiful blonde woman sending her flying over a table and into alex's lap just like jim said told us to get up <laughs> get up and move along <laughs> not today <laughs> and she said oh i'm so sorry and tony said it's okay we were expecting you <laughs> yeah and then it's the the cheesy fade out to commercial like yeah but it's that's what he said a beautiful blonde was gonna land in your lap okay check one thing off the list so the next day we're back at the sunshine sunshine hold on let me say that again <laughs> the next day we're back at the sunshine cab company and Latka comes in with a tape recorder with all his hellos this time. Yeah. And everybody gets a hello and you look pretty today, knobs and all this kind of stuff. But to Tony, he just does a. <laughs> yeah. Over and over. <laughs> yeah. Razzes him. So that's it. So now they point out to Alex. I also have a side note mm -hmm. uh, that says dad loves this show because dad was cackling at every little tiny joke i was like jeez i mean this ain't that funny like he was sitting there just cackling so i had that note on there he loved the tape recorder skit he thought it was hilarious oh really he was he was giggling yeah oh wow i know who the heck did i marry okay he, easily, easily pleased with yeah. comedy. so alex comes in because it's the end of the day obviously and he's getting ready to clock out and go home but it's thursday this is it caleb this is it um they point out to him that he's been seeing Peggy, who's the beautiful blonde who landed in his lap. And by the way, is a stunt woman because they had to have somebody that could flip over that table. I read that in the um, <laughs> in the trivia for this episode. Jeez. She had to really flip over that table. Anyway, he's been seeing Peggy ever since, just like the prediction. Mm. They're begging Alex, don't go home tonight because what's going to happen is going to happen at seven o'clock in his apartment while he's with a friend. So don't go home. He's like, y'all are crazy. You know, I don't believe in all of this. And Louie comes out. Louie says, look, <laughs> we're not trying to scare you. But as sure as there's a God in heaven, you're going to go belly up tonight at 7 o'clock. I thought that line was hilarious. And I thought the way Louie delivered it was hilarious. And it made me just love this character and love the way Danny DeVito played him. The, the rest of this episode, Danny DeVito shines. Don't you agree? I was I was about to say, well, that was pretty good. I think Danny DeVito makes that apartment scene. Oh, the next scene. He he's very funny in that scene. Like yeah. his is how he acted it. It was mm -hmm. it was very funny. Yeah. 
So it wasn't just dad laughing and thought it was funny. <laughs> well, I mean, th- there's snippets of funny, not okay. you know, dad could be a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> he was the laugh he track. Was the, I swear. Um, okay. So Alex says, don't worry. I'm not going to be home tonight, y'all, because I have plans to go on a date with Peggy. So I won't be home. So they're all relieved. So he leaves to go home and get ready because he's going to pick up Peggy. Boom. Phone rings. 104 degree fever and projectile vomiting. But he's had worse dates. Because <laughs> Louie answers the phone and she mm-hmm. says, Louie, tell him I can't make the date. I got to He goes, yeah, but he's had worse dates. Come on. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go. Yeah. But she can't go. So what, what's Louie going to do? He's going to go over there to the apartment. He's going to save him himself. Yep. He's going to go drag him out of that apartment because he can't be in that apartment at seven o'clock when death comes for him. Okay. So he goes over there. Alex is sitting there getting ready. He's eating peanuts. Louie comes in the door. He grabs him. He goes, let's go. We're going to go down to 57th street. We'll look at weirdos and have a cheeseburger. Alex is like, I'm not going anywhere. Y'all are crazy with this. I'm fine. But he's eating peanuts. And he starts to cough. And then he drinks the water quickly. Grabs a glass of water, drinks it straight down. Three that's three things. But then he but then he embraces it at that point and he says, Well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna put a green sweater on he then he he embraces it, the hockey mask and a green sweater and dances the tango or whatever it was. The can can. Yeah. yeah. But then the phone rings and he answers it. He's mistaken as, as a woman. And he says, no, this isn't Mary. Do I sound like a girl? And he hangs up. <laughs> That's what Danny DeVito started freaking out. Because these things were all happening. Right. No, it was, but it was funny. It was very Danny funny. Danny DeVito was hilarious. Yeah, he, he, he was great in that scene. In this. He was so funny. Because when the phone call came and he goes, do I sound like a Mary? And then he hangs up. And Danny's like, this is it. This is it. He's freaking out. And then the clock strikes seven. Yep. And they are in the apartment. Alex is in his apartment with a friend. And Danny DeVito's just like, they're frozen in time. And the clock strikes and it goes by. And then all of a sudden, Alex says, Louie, I didn't die. Then a knock at the door. <laughs> Which is funny because Danny DeVito goes and like hangs on the door. Don't answer it. <laughs> He says, death is on the other side of that door. Don't answer it. Hanging on the door. I honestly, this is, I, I couldn't <laughs> wait to see the, the climax of it. Like, I was like, okay, who's behind the door? Who, like, who is it going to be? Were you shocked when you saw who? <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> Tell us who was at the door. Okay, it look. was a, a girl selling Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and they screamed and she screamed and she ran away and dropped the cookies. Yeah. But then it was hilarious. Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought it was funny, but I didn't. I, I had no clue where that was going to go. But it was so unexpected. When yeah, you I see the, the girls, girls go, cookie, you just. You're like, so it's, he scre- it's so non-threatening. Yeah, he screams and then she screams and runs off. And then Louis says to Alex, did you see it? It was hideous. <laughs> <laughs> she was a junior scout, by the way. By the color of her uniform, I know that. <laughs> so, so that one for me, three for you. Because <laughs> he picks up the boxes of cookies, and me, I'm looking for a purple box. Because what's a purple box, Caleb? That's the uh, the, the coconut ones. Right? The Samoas. Samoas yeah. <sighs> they the best. Samoas are, but now they rip them off. You can go buy them. You can buy them at Walmart. No, Keebler <laughs> makes a, a 
like a it's a Samoa clone. I think it's just called like a caramel coconut. Oh, thing. really? It, it's the same thing. It comes it's, in sleeves. I don't know what it is. It's heaven. It's delicious. With caramel chocolate coconut. Delicious oh, man, cookie. It's so good. Yeah. Sugar cookies happen to be Louie's favorite, and that's the kind of cookie she dropped at the door and ran. So they take the cookies, and Louie's like, I really was scared, Alex, but you were a rock, you know? So he leaves. And what happens right at the end? Because it leaves. He takes a deep breath. And like, kind of like. <sighs> Like okay. A, a sigh. So at that point, were they re- telling we'll us a sigh of relief? Were they telling us Alex really was a little worried? Well, I mean, when the door not when it knocks at the door, yeah, you got like everything has lined up to this point. But the guy never said Doc Brown never said necessarily you die. He said, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He never said you die. But in the dream, he saw that they were scared. He saw that they were frightened. He saw that it was crazy, and he said, and that's it. So if when he's saying that's it, that's you know. Yeah, that he he never said you die or I see you dead. He just said, and that's it. That's right. what a dream is. So at that point, even if you didn't believe in psychics and predictions, after everything had happened, right. Alex had to be getting a little nervous. Yeah, but he still played it cool. Yeah, he did. He played it cool. The end. Okay, is there anything in your notes about the episode that we haven't covered? Uh, was this stuff funny at the time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it wasn't. Here's the thing, and it's like it's the reason I like having you guys on. Uh, obviously, most of you guys were not even born when these shows came on, so I like to talk about the difference in the humor. Like back then, these shows were considered really funny. My humor meter for shows is slightly skewed. Like I just like a certain type of comedy. Even shows now, like that, are very popular, like Big Bang Theory and stuff with like laugh tracks that push everything every little thing to be funny and everything's just a a, a line like like line line laugh line line laugh like i don't shows like that i've never thought were funny any kind of show like that whether it's new or old i've never really enjoyed that's why i think i like mash a lot because it wasn't like line line laugh it was actually like a story and there were serious times, but also just finding the humor in the dark times was a, a great premise. I thought, well, let's do this first before we do the humor meter. Do you have a favorite character? Hmm. I, I, I guess Danny DeVito's character would be the funniest character. So I get in this episode, he was least, the standout of this. Episode. He was the standout as far as like who who was the funniest, like who brought the most entertainment to it. I thought what was the guy who said the main billing? Um, Alex Judd Alex, Hirsch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I liked his character, like his kind of cool nature. Like he was just kind of to go with the flow type guy. He didn't right. really have like a, he wasn't like a stereotype. Right. Everybody else was like a stereotype. He was just the everyman. He was the everyman. You had the okay. the drug dealer. You had the <laughs> the narcissist. You had the meathead. You had knobs. The you had the straight up weirdo. You had <laughs> you had the pretty girl. You had the the mean boss, and then you just had him. Every yeah, that you know, I never thought of it that way. He was every man. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of cool. Okay, humor meter. Now, on a scale of one to ten, do you remember our humor meter? What what's one and what's ten? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to give it perspective, uh, ten Seinfeld and one is partridge family <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so where would this fall i'm gonna go straight rookie score like five like it had funny moments but it was 
for me it was it was too much of the typical uh pacing of comedy in that day really okay but five isn't bad i'm gonna go four never mind i'm downgrading it five's too high five's miller road downgrading it to four because it was just it, once again, it's just not my type of humor, and it—I it, don't want to crap on a show because I don't think it's a bad show, and I think actually, if I watched it, I wouldn't mind watching like another episode at a different point in the show just to see kind of how it was and how it progressed a little more, or whatever, or how it was early in the show. But still, I, I don't. Uh, it's just not my style. Okay, all right. I gave it a five. I gave it about midway. I thought it was—it was really funny at some points. I really liked watching it. It was just, I liked it. It was a little predictable. I mean, you knew when he said, you know what the story was going to be about. And you knew when he told the story that all, you knew all these things were going to happen. That's why I almost felt like it was, it was dragging a little bit. Even as we're telling the story, I was like, man, this show, it dragged a little bit because you knew everything that was coming. Yeah, but but to me, Louis Louis made it. Louis made it. He made yeah. He made that good. scene. He made that scene because, but that was not predicted. Louis being there wasn't predicted. Exactly, and that's the genius of of Danny DeVito and that character. He made that not be as predictable as it could have been because he was so good in it. Right. I I once again, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst you've seen. No, Partridge Family was the worst. <laughs> that was terrible. Both times, because <laughs> honestly, there was, there was, it was good acting. Like oh, that Christmas special, you really watch. Oh my goodness, Santa in the mountains or some weird stuff going on where they freaking got a broke down bus. Good lord, that <laughs> was that. Freaking, I love that episode. Terrible, <laughs> some kind of Santa magic. Oh, that was terrible. I think they were all on it drugs was, trying to bell, the bell. silver bell, bell. Oh my goodness, that was what's terrible. a bell, bell, bell? Oh, ugh, I'm about to throw up just thinking about it. It was awful. I can't get that time back. That's 22 minutes of your life gone. And the fact that you like loved it enough to watch it multiple times. I don't know what that says about you. Like that, like, that is some mind numbing stuff. Right I do there. an old TV podcast, Caleb. I mean, it's my jam. Oof. Oof. <laughs> okay. LOL or favorite moment. I already said that. Noda's got knobs. Okay. And. Danny DeVito trying to make him leave the house, like pulling him and yelling and everything right. with that. That, that was, whole scene. Danny, that whole scene yeah. was funny. I think the Girl Scout, when they opened the door and it's a Girl Scout, I laughed out loud. I thought that was funny. It was funny. Yeah. And um, I thought the, the best line in the whole thing was Louis saying, now we're not trying to scare you, <laughs> but as sure as there's a God in heaven, you're going belly up at seven o'clock tonight. <laughs> that was, it was funny. Huh? And it, 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 the way he delivered, it was just funny. Okay, so now the watchability meter. That just means from one to ten, what are the chances you'd want to watch another episode of this show? I think I, I already told you. No, I told you I could watch another one from a different point of the show, and I wouldn't be like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't feel like doing this. But to sit down and, like, binge watch it? Right. Uh, uh, no. Like I tell you, Dad and I screened about ten episodes to pick the episode for this. And all of In them. In one day? Yeah. Ugh. And I think over the course of two nights. And I think, you know, it's hard when you pick one episode to judge the whole show off of that one episode. I think there's a good mixture in there, having watched 10 of them. So I, I, I put the watchability meter out of five, too, because it's just, yeah, I'd probably watch more. Just to, You're not going to binge it, though. No, no, it's not one of my absolute favorites, but it's not 
bad at all. I, I think it's I think it's a good show. I think the comedy's there. I think the fact that so many of them came out to really have good careers says something. I don't remember anybody from Small Wonder coming out and having a, a breakout career. <laughs> Thank God. So, what about watchability meter for you? I'd probably put it at a four. Same okay. as funny. Same. Okay. All right. And I've got just a little bit of useless trivia. Taxi was canceled twice. As you know, it was 78 to 83. So it went up the air in 83, but it was actually canceled in 1982 by ABC, the network that it was on. And NBC came in and said, no, we'll pick it up. So huh. then NBC ran it for an additional year and then they canceled it in 83. They gave it one more year. How often does that happen? Where a competing network picks up a show? Like, I don't it know. It doesn't if I've happen ever heard often. It has happened, though. It does happen. Um, this series was inspired by a 1975 article in New York Magazine titled Night Shifting for the Hip Fleet. Uh, James L. Brooks and David Davis read the article, which was about several drivers who worked the night shift for a New York City cab company. Uh, during the run of the series, the cabs used by the Sunshine Cab Company were the classic checkered cabs that were manufactured by the Checkered Cab Company of Kalamazoo, Michigan. They went out of business for good in 1982, but before they closed their doors, they supplied enough cars for the series to use throughout its run. Because didn't you notice the cabs were kind of old-fashioned looking? The cars? Yeah, the cabs look very 50s, 60s. Yeah, yeah. But they made these especially for the series. Judd Hirsch has said in interviews that the cast all hated Andy Kaufman. But that's... the. Uh, did you see the... Did you happen to see the Andy Kaufman w movie? movie? With, With Jim Carrey. And Jim they Carrey. all made appearances in it. Yeah, and they... Then he, like, they even Jim Carrey tried to channel like Andy Kaufman and did like method acting for that and apparently he was a terror like on set yeah like, like Andy Kaufman was just a tough person to deal with yeah well Judhurst said they all hated him Jeff Conaway the pretty boy despised his co-star more than anyone at the Golden Globes he punched Andy Kaufman in the face believing that Andy thought he was better than the rest of his co-stars. After that, Kaufman never participated in any of the other cast and crew get-togethers ever again. Huh. That's from IMDb. Okay, now this one is kind of interesting. After the third season, the director James Burroughs and writers Glenn Charles and Les Charles quit the series to create the show Cheers. This was in 1982. And I always save the most useless of the useless trivia for last. <laughs> in the opening credits, the cab that is driving across New York City's Queensboro Bridge, also called the 59th Street Bridge, is being driven by Tony Danza. I'll be damned. There you have it. Huh. So did you have fun? <laughs> it was it's just this one was not the worst by all means this one was just kind of vanilla right in the middle not the worst not the best yeah this was just a normal i couldn't really can't really crap on it too much but there was a lot of star power in it, like a lot of people that were familiar a lot of you know and it's a it's i think it's an iconic show because of andy kaufman and danny devito and you'd never seen it before no 
but you had heard of it. I've you knew what it, it was. No, okay. I'm not, I say I've never seen it. I've never sat there and watched an episode. Now, like it might have been on in the house when we were kids, a rerun or something of it. Like I think it was on at Nick on Nick at Night when we were kids. So I I remember it being on at times, but. That Nick at night, every, every time Gino's on here, we talking about a show. He goes, I think that used to come on Nick at night when I was young. Well, I mean, a lot of them did. <laughs> I didn't realize how much Nick at night kept these old shows alive and visible to the next generation until I started doing this podcast and all of y'all would say, yeah, that used to come on Nick at night. All right, bub. Well, thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate it. You're welcome very much. You're going to come back again and do this with me? I mean, I think I have to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my listeners are going to begin to think that my co-hosts are all captives. (laughs) The way they are like, well, I kind of got to come back. Captive by blood. (laughs) (laughs) By blood and guilt. (laughs) It's a a mother's... uh... It's like, hey, you're next up on a podcast. All right. (laughs) Just let me know when I gotta be there. Gee whiz, my kids love me a lot. We do, we do. That's why we're here. (laughs) And they all say the same thing: we just do this because because we know you love it it for mom. I'm sure you didn't love going to watch me get last place in the swim meet at UNO. So I know, (laughs) but I did it every Saturday. But you did it anyway. So I guess I gotta pay you back. Thanks for pointing out. (laughs) Guess I did go sit there. I would have hated it. I went and watched Shiloh for an entire year <laughs> complain every time the ball got close to her in soccer. So, I mean. Yeah, I sat there at every game, too, also. That was terrible. In the freezing cold. and the... She is not a competitor. She did not want to play soccer. <laughs> she's a talker more than she just wanted to hang out. It's a social <laughs> gathering for her. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Okay, we're getting off subject. All, All right. right. Well, thank you for coming, babe. All right. I'll see you again. Say bye. 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 This is Michelle, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Old TV with a New Twist. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your Apple Podcast app. And join our Facebook group, Old TV with a New Twist Podcast Group. And tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about, and we'll keep you informed of what's to come. We'll be back next month with a whole new episode of Old TV with a New Twist. Thank you.